Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. As we prepare to enter a new year, I'm excited to introduce you to this episode's expert, Jessica Beck. Jessica is the co-host of two awesome podcasts, IELTS Energy and All Is English, that brags over 4 million downloads per month. She is a whirlwind of positive energy and motivation for all things English language learning and is here with us today to chat through the IELTS test, the English test that is required by many English universities and English-speaking countries around the world. And it's not just about learning English for a test, right? Like, Mm -hmm. guys, you're going to live in Canada for maybe the rest of your life. I mean, you're setting yourself up for success after the exam as well, not just to pass a silly little test, right? And also, like, if you don't enjoy what you're studying, you're studying wrong and you're not learning. (laughs) You really have to, like, engage in what you're learning, right? Jessica was an IELTS examiner for 14 years and has taught English in Spain, Cambodia, Taiwan, and the United States. In this episode, she runs through what to expect when taking IELTS and shares some valuable study tips and advice for those of you who are aiming for that great test score. Let's start the show. Okay, everyone, join me in welcoming the wonderful Jessica Beck, the director of the IELTS Training for All Is English. Thank you so, so much for being here, Jessica. My pleasure. My pleasure. How is your week going so far? Oh gosh, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, I'm having, I'm having a great week. I went for a run this morning with my dogs and it's like a bit foggy and rainy outside. Um, so that's like the best running weather, right? When it's like foggy and rainy. I love it. Oh, I wish. I wish I was a runner. That's such a good, healthy <laughs> habit. But yeah, you're actually, you're in the States, right? In Portland, Oregon. Yep. Yep. I live in Portland, Oregon. We moved here. Oh gosh. So my son is 10. So, we moved here 11 years ago. Before that, I lived in Taiwan for almost seven years. And before that, I was in Cambodia for a couple years. Um, Basically, all of my 20s, I just like jumped to different countries um, in Europe and Asia. And and now I'm here in Portland. Wow, (laughs) so cool. And you're originally from the States, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Carson (laughs) City, Nevada. Cool. I know, obviously, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I grew up in a super small town. That's why I ran away to Spain when I was 18. It was boring. <laughs> but now you're in Portland, so pretty close to Canada for all of us listening who are in Canada or looking to move here. So what's that, five, five and a half hours from Vancouver? Sure, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> have you visited Canada of all those countries? I have. I actually went to Victoria to take the computer IELTS exam. Um 
I wanted to take it before developing the course for the computer IELTS exam because I wanted to test out all of our strategies, you know. Um, so yeah, I went to Victoria and took the computer IELTS exam. And I've been to Vancouver a couple times to visit friends. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I went to a place called Lethbridge once because we had friends that lived there. So I went okay. to a few places in Canada. Shout out Lethbridge. <laughs> So I've just realized from you talking, I've been spelling it out all the time, like I-E-L-T-S test, but is it just IELTS? That's so much easier. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And there's the first tip, guys. If you're taking IELTS, do not tell the examiner that you are hoping for a high score on IELTS. Don't pronounce the name of the test wrong. I hear students say that all the time. So pro tip, don't say IELTS. It's IELTS. <laughs> IELTS. IELTS. And not I-E-L-T-S either, like the podcast host, Kay Johnson. That's that takes very forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was announcing it on Instagram, like the I-E-L-T-S. That's so funny. Anyway, off topic. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you about the IELTS test. It's something that I know a lot of listeners of the show have to take at some point, And it can be a real source of stress for a lot of immigrants. Yeah. You know, a lot riding on getting a good score. You know, it's your immigration dreams or your schooling dreams. And it's funny because we can be so out of practice as an adult taking a test, right? As it's, totally. it's been so long since we've had to study and be sat in that environment. So... Yeah, it's great that you're here and you can shed some light on the process, give us some study tips, what to expect, all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. We have a lot of students that are actually already in Canada and they're um, usually taking the general IELTS exam and they're they're going for that Canadian PR, right? And they mm-hmm. need the magic IELTS score of 8777. Um, and it <laughs> is stressful because it's like you guys have already taken all of these steps. You've done everything right. You're there. And still, like, your future depends on this one exam? Like, that's, there's so much pressure there. It's so tough. Yeah, exactly. And even me, like, as a native English speaker, I was nervous. And I was like, why am I nervous? This is my language. I was born and raised in England. And I have an English degree. What is happening? Like, there's something about it. It's just so scary because it's it's your immigration dream, right? <laughs> well, like, I've had um native speakers, because I was an IELTS examiner for 14 years. And so I had a few native speakers take the test because they were going to be nurses in England or Australia or whatever. Um, so I had some, you know, native speakers on the exam mm-hmm. and they didn't score nines on the speaking no, and writing I didn't. test because they didn't know what the test wanted. You did it? Oh, well, man. I was so confident. I was like, obviously I'm going to ace this test. Like, and then I did no studying and I just yeah. turned up like super confident, finished really early, just took the whole thing for granted and just left early. And then, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I mean, I got the points I wanted, but it wasn't, you know, full marks like I was expecting. So I was kind of embarrassed really, but yeah. that just shows, doesn't it? That the expectation you put on yourself could be really unrealistic because a native English speaker won't be scoring full marks. So there you go. For sure. And guys, like you have to know that in order to realize how much preparation you actually have to do for this exam. Uh, Because it's not just native speakers. I mean, there are plenty of non-natives that have excellent English skills. And so they're like... 
It's an English test. I speak English. I'm fine. I use English at work every day or whatever. And then they rock up to the test and they get like fives and sixes because it's not, it's not real life. It's not like just daily English that you use. This is an exam. Like Mm. this has really unique and sometimes weird requirements to get a high score. So you have to know what those are before you go in. Right. I think that's so interesting. You always think getting a high score just means knowing English really well, like you said. But you, yeah, you mentioned that it's actually about learning about the test itself and how to pass the test. So yeah, we'll definitely get into that because that's that's really interesting. I didn't even know that going into the process. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, awesome. Okay. Let's get to know you a little bit first. So um, what made you get into a career? So I studied romance languages in university um, in for my bachelor's, but that's just because I wanted to live in other countries. Like I studied abroad in Spain and Mexico and Portugal, and then I sort of cobbled together all of these university experiences into a degree. And then I was like, what now? I still want to travel. I heard teaching English helps one do that. So, <laughs> so then I moved back to Spain and I got my uh, TESOL. And then since I'm an American and I didn't have an EU passport, I could not stay and work there. But I met this guy who was like, I have a school in Cambodia. Come there. And I said, okay. So I moved to Cambodia. And then I realized that teaching English wasn't just um, a means to an end. Like it it was it was the end that doesn't sound good it was actually what i was passionate about mm-hmm. and what i loved and like i wanted to spend all my time creating material for my students and thinking about classes and stuff <laughs> um which isn't a surprise cuz i'm a total dork and i loved school so it makes sense but anyway so i decided to then move to taiwan and i got my masters in applied linguistics and i started uh teaching ielts at a special school and i started writing textbooks and um yeah and then i just did everything related to english since then and for 5 years now i've been on the all ears english team doing those podcasts and creating courses for All Ears English. Wow. So that was the summary of my life right there. (laughs) I'm so privileged. And what a life. Oh my gosh, I wish. I was in Cambodia and I would love to to go back there. That that just must be so special. And it's and it's you can obviously feel your passion coming through, but also yeah, it's so true. Like learning English is life changing for people and it's making their dreams come true to like move to the country that they've been thinking about their whole lives and yeah, really fulfilling work. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, so many teachers hate doing test prep, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, test prep is so boring. And students end up looking at that the same way. Like, oh, I have to study for an exam, blah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I've always loved teaching test prep. I like, I love teaching anything. I want to make it all exciting for you guys so you can engage in this material so you could enjoy what you're learning, learn as much as possible. And it's not just about learning English for a test, right? Like, Mm -hmm. guys, you're, you're going to live in Canada for maybe the rest of your life. I mean, you're setting yourself up for success after the exam as well, not just to pass a silly little test, right? And also, like, if you don't enjoy what you're studying, you're studying wrong and you're not learning. (laughs) You really have 
to like engage in what you're learning, right? Exactly. You know how many tests I've taken in my life where I've just studied and just learned everything and then I've retained nothing because I've not made it fun. Like you were saying, I've not enjoyed the process, not retained anything at all. I could think of maybe probably not even one test throughout my whole education (laughs) where I could really you know, rattle off the kings of England. Or I know, you know what right? I mean? It's just a memory test at the end of the day. So totally. that's such a good, I'm all about the mindset, as you guys know. And that is a real mindset tip to just switch that and think, no, this is a long-term game. I'm not chasing that score, that, that particular score that I want, because you're just, yeah, that's too much pressure. Just, just enjoy it and learn and yeah, think about the long-term benefits yeah. of it. That's cool. <laughs> um, I want to give you guys an example of this. If you guys go to allersenglish.com and search Ryoki, R-Y-O-K-I, um, he is, he was a student in our Three Keys IELTS course and he came on the IELTS Energy podcast twice because he took the test twice and did really well both times. Mm -hmm. And so the first time he took it was in order to, um, he took the academic version because he wanted to study in Australia. He's from Japan. Mm-hmm. And his English was so good because he enjoyed wrestling. He loved watching, what is it, WWE or whatever. Like he, guys, you have to find your way into English that allows you to enjoy it. He literally learned so much English from watching professional wrestlers and their, you know, acting and drama <laughs> and stuff. He just has really, really good smack talk. Like he can oh, just like really be aggressive and uh, win an argument really easily now. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, don't challenge him because that. physically he's also very strong. No, just kidding. <laughs> so a few years after that, he ended up uh having to take the exam again so he could um stay in Australia, right? So he could become a permanent resident of Australia. So he had to take the general exam. So he came back to us and took that course so he could pass. And of course, he got amazing scores again. But um, if you want to hear someone with a very positive mindset who loves the journey of studying and what happens after studying, listen to those episodes with Ryoki because, yeah, just I love him. I love those episodes. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'm going straight there after this. <laughs> okay. So let's get right down to the basics. We probably uh, got ahead of ourselves a little bit. For those who don't actually know Tell us what is IELTS and what's it for and why is it important? Yeah, so IELTS stands for the International English Language Testing System. (laughs) (laughs) And there are um, a couple different versions. So there's the academic version. And if you want to study at a university that instructs in English, right? So we're thinking universities in any English-speaking country, but also... A lot of universities in Germany, for example, will require IELTS. Like, if English is the medium of instruction, you're going to have to take IELTS. Um, if you're going to a university in the States, and probably Canada allows TOEFL as well, um, you have the choice of taking TOEFL or IELTS, but IELTS is more accepted globally. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it's easier to prepare for than TOEFL. TOEFL's weird, but I I won't get into that. <laughs> it's just like a harder test to prepare for. Um, right. So that's the academic version. And then there's a general version. 
Um, I'll tell you how they're different in just a second because they really aren't that different. But the general version is if you want to immigrate, right? So guys, you want to stay in Canada, you got to take IELTS. Um, Australia, New Zealand, you got, you need IELTS. So anyway, how the general and academic are the same and different. Okay. The speaking exam, exactly the same for both of them. The listening exam, exactly the same for both of them. The only time they're different, writing task one is the biggest difference because if you're doing an academic test, then you have to, it's so weird, you have to like describe a graph, you have to describe a bar chart or a line graph or a two pie charts or whatever. Um, and it sounds weird and it sounds hard, but if you have our strategies, it's super simple actually. So that's task one for academic. In general, you have to write a letter which is more fun because you get to create all of these details and it's fun. Um, task two is pretty much the same for both of them. You have to write a four paragraph essay and then reading is slightly easier for general, but the question types are exactly the same. So the strategies you need, the timing, all of that is exactly the same for both exams. Um, and sorry, last thing, there's also a computer delivered version and a paper version. Mm-hmm. Um, I know lots of test centers in Canada have the computer version available now. Um, I recommend that because for most people, it's easier. They're very computer literate. But the States is like way behind. Like we don't have the computer delivered version in a lot of really? places. It's weird. Yeah. Wow. So you have the in-person testing centers, I guess. Yeah. You still, yeah, you still have to go to the test center and you still have to, like the speaking exam is still face-to-face with a person, even if you take the computer version. Oh. So that doesn't change. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. That was going to be my next question. Is it available online? Obviously with the pandemic and everything, but uh Yeah. I guess it's all in person. That's so much better. It's way more natural and I prefer that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There was a short time during the pandemic where you could do the online one. And I, and I did take that one just to see what it was like. Um, and it was like Zoom with an examiner, but that, that didn't last very long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So do you, what's the difference between, IELTS and a test like CELPIP, for example. I know that that's going to be a big question because for Canadian immigrants, I know that CELPIP comes up a lot for permanent residency and things like that, but also IELTS. So that can, there can be some confusion there. So, sure. um, are there any differences or? Yeah, I, I really don't know anything about CELPIP. Okay. This is something that I, um, that we talk about on the IELTS Energy podcast is like, this is a red flag if you are choosing someone to help you, if you're choosing a tutor, if you're choosing someone to help you pass an exam. Um, if that person says they can help you with any exam, mm-hmm. like if I'm like, oh, I can help you with anything, TOEFL, IELTS, CELPIP, that's a red flag because there's no way I know everything <laughs> about all of those tests. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's why I'm like, listen, guys, I know everything there is to know about IELTS because that's where I've spent my time. Fair enough. I don't know much about CELPIP because that's only in Canada. I know that. Like, it's very just like only this one country. Um, is it for universities? as well or is it just for immigration yes i think the basically what we should know then is ielts is international which i love like you were mentioning that it's accepted in so many different countries so if canada is maybe not your final destination or if you're looking at other countries as well or yeah that's that's definitely a benefit for that one that i can see straight away so (laughs) cool 
<laughs> yep, yep. So I guess one of the, I put it out on into the Instagram community and I said, do you guys have any questions? And we had quite a lot of re- repetitive questions about basically just the modules and um, some tips and tricks to, to kind of for strategy for, for each of the four yeah, modules. Sure. So maybe that's a great way to start. We can just kind of go through each one very quickly and just give you some some tips and tricks for, for each one and what to expect. All right, for sure. So um, listening is the first one, right? There are four sections on the listening exam. It gets harder in each section. So it starts off like two people talking about their plans for the weekend. And then section four is like, you will hear a university professor describing back pain or something. Like it's, <laughs> it can get weird at the end. Um, but regardless, knowing that going in, right? Just always being prepared for anything they might throw at you is necessary. So a tip for um, preparing for the hard parts, like section four is a monologue talking about something very specific. That can be difficult to track and pay attention to when you're listening because it's harder and it's only one person talking. So preparing by listening to podcasts that are just one person, like um, the Moth Radio Hour or the TED Radio Hour, where it's just one person telling a story, that'll help you practice. Um, also, to prepare to improve your listening comprehension, listening to podcasts that come with transcripts so you can listen and follow along at the same time mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. Um, native speaker podcasts, right? Like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me or Science Versus or or fresh air. Um, all of those have transcripts. Um, and on exam day, here's one little trick that we teach you in Three Keys IELTS in our course um, that I that students don't usually do. So at the beginning of every listening section, there's an introduction, right? There's a narrator who tells you what you're going to hear about. And a lot of students don't listen to that. They just start looking at the questions right away and like making notes and such and such. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> don't skip listening to the introduction because we have to warm up our brain if you're going to understand what you hear. And that's the purpose of the introduction. It tells you who is talking and what they're talking about. So take five seconds listen to that introduction, and then look at the questions, right? Like, um, a lot of the tips and tricks for IELTS come down to this, where you can't game the system. Like, you can't get ahead of yourself or skip anything. You know, like, you can't trick the test. Um, (laughs) Just do what they say. (laughs) Follow all the steps. Put in as much effort as you can into preparation. This is like a part-time job preparing for this exam. <laughs> and if you do that, if you commit yourself to that whole process, then then you'll get that seven or higher. Mm-hmm. Quickly interrupting this episode to announce that Jessica has hooked us up with a $50 discount on her IELTS online course, Three Keys, which includes study plans, templates, strategies, video lessons, practice tests, and more. And best of all, it has a 100% guarantee that it will increase your test score. So if you're stressed about your IELTS, this investment is so worth it to ensure that you do your absolute best when it comes to test day. To sign up, please head to bit.ly forward slash new to Canada IELTS. That's bit.ly forward slash new to Canada IELTS, I-E-L-T-S. 
By using this link, you will be helping to support this show as well. So once again, that link is bit.ly forward slash new to Canada IELTS. Good luck with your test and back to the show. And is there is there timers for the test for each one? Because that's a big tip that I know is really important to just use every single second that you can, you know, keep keep looking at your answers and making sure that everything is right, not just kind of, you know, getting nervous and, and saying, okay, that that's fine. And then going to the next one, it's, you know, take your time and, and breathe and yeah, it's with any test, really. Yeah, <laughs> so much of the strategies comes down to timing, for sure. I'm glad you asked about that. So for listening, I mean, they keep track of the time for you. That's not like you can't control that. Um, you only listen once, but um, on the paper version, at the end of the listening test, you have 10 minutes to transfer your answers. So that's the part where you have to be really careful. Um, make sure you're copying everything correctly. And that's your chance to check your spelling, right? Um, for reading, the strategies are all about timing. So for reading, you have one hour. Um, on the computer delivered version, there's a timer at the top of the screen. But if you're doing it in person, the paper version, the invigilator will put time checks on the board. Like you have 20 minutes left. You have 40 minutes left. Um, mm -hmm. so pay attention to that for sure. And our strategy is to, only spend one minute per question. Because here's the thing, like, it's a 60-minute reading test, right? And it's three passages for academic, three to five passages for general, um, and it's 40 questions for both. You don't have time to read every word. You cannot read every word if you're going to find all the answers. So it's all about these strategies of saving time and finding answers quickly. So it's like spend one minute for skimming the passage before looking at the questions. When you look at the question, allow yourself one minute to find the answer. And if you can't find it in that minute, skip it. <laughs> yes. Move on to the next question. Um, and then at the end, you'll have some time to go back and check the ones that you missed. But it's so important to practice this timing. Um, so by the time you get to the test, you could actually find all the answers and the time allowed. Um, but yeah, this is something to get used to is not reading every word and also not being 100% sure of your answer all the time. And that's okay. Mm. Like, you have to trust yourself, right? Because I'm sure, like, you've done this or you've seen other people do this. If you're doubting yourself, then you're going to check the answer and the passage like 10 times. You're just going to go back and forth, back and forth. That takes like five minutes, right? Yeah. You should. You don't have time for that, yeah, guys. Exactly. So just write the answer and move on. <laughs> yeah. And you can always go back if you have time. You yep. know, that's that's the priority, I guess, to power through and to to get your answers down in, in the most confident way you can. And then to, if you have time at the end, amazing. You can then go back and really check it through. And um, yeah, that's, that's really important. Yeah, totally. Well. So how do you prepare people for the tests um where can people go to to get any resources that you have and to yeah yeah get some more um so we have a few different options guys <laughs> take notes there's a bullet pointed list no just kidding so um of course the podcast ielts energy is free it's available wherever you get podcasts um we publish three episodes every single week we're up to like 1200 episodes by now 1100 episodes 
episodes. Uh, it's a lot of IELTS. So <laughs> check that. And if you want to just search for something specific, go to allearsenglish.com and you could search because all most of our podcast episodes are there. YouTube, videos, blogs. Um, you could also find us on YouTube, IELTS Energy TV. Um, and we do have specific lessons just on our YouTube channel as well. Um, and we made a very cool IELTS quiz. I made it. And you can take this quiz in like five minutes and get your estimated IELTS band score. And it's all free, guys. Ooh. And then I made resources that are also free that are based on the band score you get. So if we estimate your score to seven, you get specific resources for that score. So you can check that out at allearsenglish.com slash my score. There you go. All the things. Amazing. <laughs> I love that you have, yeah, you have those different resources that are personalized and customized to, to what you need and to what you're particularly struggling with. I know that, for example, when I was learning French, it was the writing and the speaking that was way more challenging for me. Sure. Um, so yeah, I love that. I think what we could end on maybe is, I know we've touched on a few things, but what would you say is the most challenging thing that people always say or the biggest mistake that they make, mm. uh, for learners or test takers that, that we could put out and, and to say to avoid? Yeah, let's see. So I'm going to do one general and one specific. So like an overall mistake I, I see students make is not having a study plan. Um, I mean, I, I hinted at how huge this is before because it is. Like preparing to get the magic 8777 on IELTS, it requires a lot of time and effort, guys. And you're adults, like you have lives, you're busy, and I don't want you to waste your time doing the wrong things. So having a study plan is absolutely essential. And when you're making your study plan, or if you use ours, we have a 30-day plan and a 60-day plan and Three Keys IELTS, but um, if you're making your own study plan, just make sure that it's balanced between improving your overall fluency and comprehension for listening, reading, writing, speaking, balancing that with testing skills and practice. And it ha it's 50-50, like half-half, because you need both to get great scores. So that's the, the first sort of general overarching mistake I see people make. Um, and this, I want to get something specific for writing in here. The biggest mistake students make in writing, and I see this with high level students who have great English and they still get stuck at a six in writing. And they're like, why? I can write. What is my problem? So the biggest problem there, guys, is usually in writing task two. And you're either staying too general and sort of paraphrasing your own ideas, just saying the same idea in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> or you're trying to get too specific and give too many ideas in one paragraph. Both of those extremes get you a six in writing task two. So yeah, there you go. Those are the, the biggest mistakes I see. I love it. Thank you so, so much. I want to end on one final thing. Um, when I put it out onto Instagram, if anyone had any questions, I had this really funny question. I wanted to get your reaction. So oh, yay. she wants to challenge you and say, why did my story about my fish, a champion fish show participant and my best friend not get full marks? <laughs> Love this person. It's a story about a fish, guys. 
Well, you know, <laughs> I would give your story about a fish of band nine. I want to hear it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, same. I love it so much. Maybe I should get the full story. <laughs> Please ask her to share the full story. Um, I'm picturing this like I'm picturing her providing this story in like a speaking part two um and it like not matching what the part two prompt was but she's like i really <laughs> want to tell this one story about a fish i don't care what you ask me miss examiner <laughs> lady i have a high scoring interesting story and you're gonna get it <laughs> yeah exactly i came in with the mission of telling my champion fish show participant story and i'm gonna get full marks i love it this is what i have practiced yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i wanna i don't know have you seen um do you watch the christopher guest movies like best in show and waiting for guffman no those movies they're like mockumentaries they're really funny but uh best in show guys if you want to watch a super funny movie it's a fake documentary about um, people who bring their dogs to a dog show. But it like, I want to see a mockumentary about like a fish show, like championship and those yes. owners. I did not know they existed. Maybe she made it up. I don't know. I, I need to get more details. That's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Jessica. This has been amazing. I will link everything, all of their amazing resources in the show notes. So please do check them out. And um, yeah, good luck with your test, everybody. It's a big deal. And you got this. And yeah, good luck. And thanks so much, Jessica. Awesome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kate. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.